0: Hello, Parent Warrior. Is your child struggling in school? Are there reading problems making them feel like they are not as good as their friends? Maybe their self-confidence is low and they would rather just quit trying altogether. If this sounds like your child, I can help you. I guide parents of children with learning difficulties in taking the right steps toward getting your child the educational supports they deserve so that they are happier and more confident in learning. Let's get on a call. Schedule your free 15-minute consultation today at jessicashields.com. This is Parent Them Successful
1: with author and licensed educational psychologist Jessica Shields. Your child no longer has to struggle. On this parenting podcast, we unravel the complexities of the education system, give insight into intervention services, and offer encouragement and tools alongside your parenting journey. It's time for your child to thrive. Welcome, your host, LEP Educator and Mama 4, Jessica Shields.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Parent Them Successful podcast. I am so glad you are tuning in today. I'm going to be sharing with you five things you should do to raise grateful children in a day and age where we often encounter children who may be acting out in a way that just sends the message that the world owes them something or where children are never satisfied with what they do have it is even more important that we teach our children the importance of gratitude. Wouldn't you agree? Even if you find your own child isn't appreciating what you've given to them or doing for them, and they're acting increasingly spoiled, right? It's important to realize that you can actually change this pattern at any time. And so these are five tips are going to be helpful to any parent who finds gratitude as an important character trait. And of course, I am going to leave you with a loving reminder and a challenge at the end. So stick around for that. All right. Now, I'm going to jump right into these tips because I think it's so important that we really understand what it's going to take. And these are five things that you can do right away. You can do one at a time. It doesn't really matter. So the first one is you ready? Say no, say no to your child because it's okay to say no. I know this might be hard at times, it's hard for me, but it's also necessary because no, hearing no, it teaches them that they will not always get what they want and that is okay. There are many ways that you can say no. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's, I'm sorry, but that's not in our plans at the moment. Sometimes it's, I understand that you're frustrated, but this is the best decision at this time. So saying no isn't always the word no, but it can be. Mom, can I have? No, we are not here to buy this. We are specifically here to do X, Y, and Z. Saying no can look many different ways, but you don't want to give in all the time to their begging and and whining because of course they'll think, oh, I can beg and whine again and then get what I want. And after a while... You have a child who's not grateful. So again, um, just understanding that no is powerful. And it's important to say no sometimes, because it's a part of life. And the important thing about saying no, is that you don't want to get into an argument about whatever decision you're making. So believe it or not, kids actually do feel safer and better about themselves when you put limits in place and no is a way of limiting them. Now, when it comes down right right down to it, your child doesn't want to be demanding or throw tantrums all the time. It's true. That's not behavior that makes them proud. So they don't often feel good about themselves when they do this. And eventually, when they can tolerate hearing no because they've heard it before and it's not something new, they're going to feel better about it. So just understand that no shouldn't be scary. It's necessary. And plus, when they do get that yes, they will be more grateful for it. All right, so number one is say no, and that's okay. Number two, and this might be a new term that I'm using, but it's number two is use hypodermic affection with your child. So let me talk about hypodermic affection. That's when you express genuine affection for or appreciation of a child in order to assist them in regaining their self-control. And so another way of saying this could be catch them, quote unquote, being good, right? So when you see your child starting to take the word no, and they're taking it better, say something, give them some of the credit or reinforce it that they've thanked you when they thanked you for something or handled a disappointment well. So you're giving them that praise. Even when they accept no for an answer and they say, oh, okay, say, thank you. I appreciate you understanding why we're not making that decision this time. It definitely shows that you're maturing. And I appreciate that. It helps the family or something to that effect. But praise them for being able to be mature about receiving that no. And again, praise them for when they have shown gratitude, thankfulness. Now, you can use this as a teaching moment as well. And you could say, hey, I saw you deal with uh, that situation pretty well when we couldn't go to the movies the other day. Thank you for understanding. It really made me feel like you appreciate what we were trying to do. And then realize that this is what we call building empathy. At the same time, you're teaching gratitude, but you're also building that empathy. And it's something that is definitely going to develop over time. So be patient with your children as they're learning and they're growing, because honestly, they're not born with this thankful or grateful gene. There's no such thing. We have to actually teach them and then reinforce that sense of gratitude whenever we see it. And of course, you can model this with your affection and your appreciation. So that was number two, that affection, that catching them being quote unquote good and modeling the things and behaviors you want to see. Number three is make caring for others a priority and set high ethical expectations. So. This is another way to activate that empathy, right? And we look at psychology. Psychology has found that when empathy is activated, we can actually observe an expression of gratitude. So kids who have an empathetic heart, they tend to easily be able to express gratitude. So you're building both at the same time. Now, if children are to value others' perspectives and show compassion for them, it's very important that they hear their parents doing that, that they hear their parents care about others and make that a top priority. And that it's just as important as their own happiness. Caring for others is just as important for care as caring for yourself. Wow, that is so powerful. Now, even though most parents say that raising caring children is a top priority, often children aren't hearing that message. And you wonder why? Because those messages aren't often clear. Consider, say, a daily message that you send to children about the importance of caring. For example, instead of saying, the most important thing is that you're happy, you might say this instead, the most important thing is that you're kind and that you're happy. So making sure that they are seeing that it's important to love other people, be kind and caring to others as well as themselves and help your children understand that the world doesn't revolve around them. How do you do that? It's is making them or helping them to understand that, you know, it's important to have concern for others above overall happiness. And here's an example, insisting at times that children turn off the TV and help around the house. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Insisting that they be polite, even when they are in a bad mood. Just because you're in a bad mood doesn't mean that you go around hurting others and hurting others' feelings. Maybe it wasn't their fault, but they should not be in the in the way or the pathway of blame or in the pathway of a bad mood, right? It's not someone else's fault. Even if you're in a bad mood, hey, you can still be respectful. And then here's another um, helping them understand that they do not need to dominate their airways when they are talking to other children or adults. Give other people a chance to speak to. Have a two way conversation versus just talking all about you, your interests, and what you want to do. So making sure that they know how to have those social interactions that include other people, other people's ideas. Not that they are giving up on their own ideas, but they are sharing equally, right? Have you ever run into a kid? All they want to do is talk about everything that they want, but they never consider what the other person might be thinking or feeling. And I know that sometimes we see this with our kids on the autism spectrum. But these, again, are teaching moments because these skills can be taught. These are basic social skills for any child on or or not on the spectrum. And they can be taught how to listen and then respond and also equally share. So that's definitely something that is going to help them build that gratitude, that heart of gratitude, because now you're also building that empathy piece and listening to others' perspectives. All right. So number four, I love number four. It is perform acts of kindness. Have you ever met someone who is just so kind? They are just wonderful they go out of their way they want to make sure you're comfortable maybe they have some, some of that southern hospitality they just want to make sure that you feel good in the space that you're in and you're like oh thank you you know it makes you want to be nice to them because they're being so kind to you and if you think about it that kindness is it's pretty much um, it's something that can be passed on. It is very contagious. So they say kindness can be very contagious. So think about it that way. When you're kind to someone else, then they feel that and then they want to show that gratitude, that kindness back a lot of times. And if you think about what we teach our kids, we say, you know what? Kindness overshadows, meanness or uh, good can outweigh evil. But a kind heart can definitely trump trying to get back at someone or trying to get revenge or seek revenge. And so it's important that we teach our children how to perform these acts of kindness. Now, there are many things your child can do to show appreciation for other people. And it might involve returning a favor, like If they're really young, loaning a toy to a friend who is kind, right? Yeah, you could borrow my toy and making sure they get it back, but also giving space to lend it to them. Or it could be maybe an act of service, like doing yard work for a relative or a neighbor. Uh, Maybe it's someone who supports your child. Maybe they come to your child's basketball games and your child says, hey, you know, you're always supporting me. Is there anything I can do for you? And another one, my favorite, this is my favorite way to perform acts of kindness. And that is to get involved and get your children involved in volunteer activities. I love volunteer activities because It really shows you a different light or a different life that others may be living. So you want to make sure that it's clear that there are so many ways to show people not to just say thank you, but to actually show physically show that you are grateful for what they have done. And sometimes you're just really focused on being kind, even if it's a stranger And I I like the idea of doing, say, a family project, like writing thank you letters to the first responders in your community after a natural disaster. You can make it clear that you don't need to reserve gratitude for those individuals that you know personally There are many people in the world, in the community, whom you might feel grateful for as well. You could be watching the news and you see something going on and maybe your child has this sense that they want to do something nice for those who are struggling. This is a great way to build that gratitude muscle. And doing acts of kindness will help them see that, hey, sometimes others are struggling with challenges that are much more difficult than their own. I think that's where our teens especially get caught up. They think in a way that their problems are solely individualized, right? They don't think that anybody else has it as bad as they do. And I've worked with teens for a long time and they often think, I'm the only one having this issue. Nobody has it worse than me. Until then we get out into the community and we see wow, you really do have a lot going on for you. You may have your struggles, but there are a lot of other teens, even, who have it much worse off than you. And and that's when the light bulb goes on. So they will see that they are not the only one in the world managing a difficult situation. And there are others who are struggling as well, and some even struggling more. And I know that my son, uh he used to come home and say, man, I'm so glad we live where we live. And I'm so thankful for my home. I'm thankful for you guys, you know, because he would see other children who had it much worse than him, even when he would get into his little funky attitude of, man, life is hard right now. I can't do this. And after visiting or doing some work in an area where children didn't have as much, he would come back and he would recalibrate. So it's a wonderful way to reset. Now, number five, and number five is my other favorite, and I probably may get on people's nerves with this, but here it is. Number five, look for the silver lining. Oh, people say, Jessica, why do you always have to look for the good? I don't know. I just kind of do. That's just how I am. I don't know how I got to that point, but I say, why not? You know, why not look for the good, right? So you want to help your kids see that something good can come from difficult circumstances. Say if a soccer game gets rescheduled due to rain. Okay, talk about the bright side of the situation. Maybe something like this. You know, well, at least we don't have to be outside in the cold. We could risk getting sick. And instead, we can play board games together at the house. That will be fun. You can still do something together. That's fun. You might also point out how to be grateful for what you have, even when it's no longer here. So, for example, you might say, it's really sad that our fish died, but I'm grateful we got to have him for six months. It really helped me learn a lot about uh, aquamarine uh, science or whatever it may be or It really helped me learn responsibility, right? So, of course, you don't want to sound uncaring or callous, but you want to make clear that you can be both grateful and sad at the same time while honoring a loss. And I remember uh, knowing a young man who had lost his father when he was 18. And he said, you know, I'm very grateful that I had my father in my life for 18 years. Some people don't even know their fathers. And I thought, wow, this young man was so honorable, just the way he thought at that time in his life. You know, it makes you really think he had learned gratitude, even though it was a difficult time in his life, a difficult season. He understood what he had, even in that loss. And so uh, something that you can do, you can ask questions that help your child discover the potential silver lining in a tough situation. So ask, what's something good that could come from something hard like this? And it's not always the right time maybe to ask that question, but follow your heart when you're speaking with your kids and just feel out how they're doing in that moment. But Again, that silver lining is so important, especially if you're in a really tough situation t- situation, asking the question too soon, again, might seem insensitive, like 10 minutes after failing a test. Right. We don't want to do that. We want to make it natural. So definitely give some time before encouraging your t- child to look at the brighter side. And also help your child do this often. And that way you can teach them to begin doing it on their own. And they will start to see that they have a lot to be grateful for, even in the worst days. And my mother used to always say, Jessica, is it the end of the world? It's not the end of the world. And <laughs> it would just reset me when I was having my meltdowns growing up. And I thought that disaster had struck my life, right? It could have been something didn't go well at school or, you know, maybe I didn't get the score I wanted, but is it the end of the world? It's not the end of the world. I'd be like, yeah, it's not. I guess life will go on if I didn't get the grade on the test that I wanted. And it did go on. So there's a lot to, it's not the end of the world that even that message that my mom would give me when I would have my meltdowns during my childhood growing up. So just to recap, here are those five things I promise you should do to teach your kids gratitude all year long. Don't let this gratitude teaching be just Thanksgiving time or Christmas time. This is something you should be doing, period. And this is going to definitely impact their character for their entire lives. Look at who they will become and who they will be because you taught them Gratitude. Number one, remember, say no to your child because it's okay. They need to get used to no sometimes. Number two, use hypodermic affection with your child to catch them accepting no for an answer or behaving in a way that is acceptable and and even maturing in hearing no. Number three, make caring for others a priority and set. High ethical expectations. So making sure they understand that showing that caringness towards someone else, someone who supports you, maybe someone you don't know, is a way to not only build empathy, but to be grateful. Number four, perform acts of kindness. Anytime you want, on the spot, planned, whatever it may be. Volunteer whatever you want to do, just to show someone else kindness in the world. Number five, look for the silver lining, even in tough situations. It's okay. The more they do it, the more it will become a part of them in a habit. I hope that these five tips are going to help you. And I've really... Believe that they will. So by now, I hope that you are really ruminating over what I have just shared. And maybe you're thinking about someone else who needs to hear this. Definitely share with that cousin, with that coworker, with that friend this episode. And I want you to know that I'm going to challenge you. And here's your challenge. Try one strategy at a time and give it time to work because change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient. Also, your loving reminder for this episode is be the best role model possible for what you are expecting from them. Well, Parent Warriors, again, I surely hope this episode has blessed you. And if it has, you hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss any more episodes. And as you think about that loved one who really, really needs to hear this information, you can share the link parentthemsuccessful.com and make sure that you reference this particular episode and say, hey, Please listen to episode 68. It is going to help and bless you. Now, if you're the type of parent like me, who's very serious about better supporting your child's growth and development, join my email list for more free content to help you on your parenting journey. You can join at StrongerMindsStrongerYouth.com forward slash join the list and everything here is going to be in the show notes just in case you are not at a computer right now. So before I leave, I just want to know, I want you to know that I do appreciate you and I thank you so much for listening. So until next time, be blessed and love on your children. Thank you for listening to the Parent Them Successful
1: with licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more information about our services, the Empower House Academy, or to take our quiz, What's Your Parenting Style? Go to StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. Feel free to email us directly at info at StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Other ways to stay connected are on Instagram and Facebook by searching Stronger Mind, Stronger Youth and on Twitter at official underscore SMSY. Until next time, be well and love your children for they are a gift from the Lord.